Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. If this is your first time checking out a Fightful podcast, or maybe you're just a podcast regular. And don't hit up the site that much. Check out FightfulWrestling.com. We have all your news, photos, videos, podcasts, interviews, all kinds of stuff. Mosey on over to FightfulWrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. This morning we have what very well may be the last interview that Matt Riddle did before he signed with WWE. I did a short podcast uh, offering my thoughts on uh, him signing this afternoon as I was out for the NXT TakeOver pod. Fortunately, Mr. Warren Hayes, who is uh, my fill-in when I'm traveling, he was able to anchor that show with the help of Jeff Hawkins and Alex Palowski. I'll be out Tuesday as well, so you all get a little more of Warren. But you all can get even more Warren on Tuesday night, or Wednesday nights rather. He does the NXT 205 Live review on FightfulSelect.com. You can get all your free wrestling news, all your free features, all that great stuff over at FightfulWrestling.com. But if you want more, You just want some extra. Fightful Select gives you extra. Weekly podcasts where I review Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, Impact, and BTE. I give an injury report. I talk about exclusive news on the Weekender podcast. We do a bi-weekly Q&A show where you all can ask me anything you want. Uh, A monthly members-only podcast where we talk about everything from movies to TV. We have a guest on there. We do retro reviews, old-school podcasts. And, of course, those uh, weekly 205 Live NXT reviews, the monthly If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot podcast, dark match commentary twice a month, weekly UFC rankings updates, behind-the-scenes footage, and more. One tier up, you get a copy of Jimmy Van's book, Jimmy Van's match archives with me and him calling matches that he used to promote. You can submit questions for interviews. Lots of cool stuff there. You can get shirts on that second tier. You can even go one tier up. Get a plug per month on the podcasts. Pick the content you want. You want me to do alternate commentary on a match? I'll do it. You want to submit a topic for retro review? That's there too. That is our uh, premium service. Check that out. But of course, FightfulWrestling.com is where you go for the scoops, my friends. 
You want to know who's been leaking that raw and SmackDown info? That's Fightful. The producers every week? It's Fightful. Who brought Jeff Hawkins back from the dead? The podcast dead. It's Fightful. Here we are. Jeff, how are you? Doing well. Pretty good weekend of wrestling, I thought, overall. Uh, Will Warren be be running in tonight like you did last night? No. No, he doesn't have the link. Okay. (laughs) That's the rule. Like, I've since Fightful launched two years ago, I think I've missed this Tuesday. We'll make five post show podcasts I've missed on the wrestling side. But I still mandate that I get the link every time. And I think all but one of those times I've done some sort of run in. Have any of them been good? The Christmas tree was probably about as good as it got. Yeah, no, that was a pretty good one. That was a solid one. Alex Pawlowski joins us. Alex, resident satirist at Fightful.com. Right, yes. How are you? Uh, wow, I we, we all made it. We made it through six hours, six plus hours of SummerSlam. Uh, Five to go, Alex. Yeah, that's, that's how long the podcast is going to be. So, uh, so, um, no, no, um, yeah, listen, SummerSlam is always great because there, it means, uh, a change and we're moving in in new directions because they'll always, after the big shows, they, this is where they wrap up stuff and start things afresh. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the next cycle takes us, uh, um, tonight. Had, was a mixed bag for me. A lot of people were saying it was great. There was a lot of things I did not. Well, what, like what did you today. say that we were getting into today? New directions. Yes, I'm going to have you echo that sentiment later in the show. Okay, I will. I think it is the theme of this show. Yes, and, I, agree. I agree. I would agree. I would agree as well. So, uh, guys, if you all can't subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, as I mentioned, FightfulWrestling.com, retweet a story, comment on a story. Generate some conversation, my friends. I think you all will really like it. SummerSlam 2018. Overall, I thought this was a damn good show. Once the pre-show was over, that pre-show did not need to be two hours long. My God. So we're going to skip over the majority of that and just talk about the matches. We had Andrade, Cien, Almas, and Zelina defeating Rusev and Lana. They are dominating this feud as of right now. Before the match, Aiden English was backstage and tried to offer up a song to Rusev and Lana. Wasn't working. I got to say, Alex, I am a fan of the double flex from Rusev and Lana. Because Lana isn't a bodybuilder by any stretch of the imagination. No. But she pulls it off. Yeah. No, it's fun. It certainly is uh, It's a good you know, a counterpoint to the double tranquilo. Um somebody mentioned this though, like that, that on, was that it? Was it you, Jeff? That somebody said that, like in NXT, uh, Zelina Vega is there to focus Andrade Almas. He's there. She's there to keep him laser focused and not get distracted. But on the main roster, she's like, Hey, let's strike a pose together because yes, like, that was me. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because I really liked them. Like I like Andrade when he's laser focused. Um, and I thought that really worked for his character. Uh, and I like that she has to keep him in line when she's appealing to his baser instincts. I think it kind of belies that great relationship they forged for them in NXT. But what else is new? Anything good in NXT ends up crap on the main roster. So 
I loved, uh, Jeff, the discussion that they had about the aspects of mixing business and pleasure and how it would affect each of these teams because Rusev and Lana are husband and wife and maybe their emotions would get in their way. Zelina and Andrade C. and Almas have a business relationship, but it was a business relationship that didn't really start with Zelina in the ring. She was more uh, uh, of an accentuation to whatever Almas had to offer. Uh, However... Man, I thought the in-ring contents of this were pretty bad. Lana gets that hot tag, and it was not very hot. I would call it a lukewarm tag at best as far as in-ring goes. Zelina gets the win after her foot foot is on the ropes. Uh, Lana's offense eventually was pulled together, but this was one that I, I, would, I would hope that they would all like to move past. Uh, three matches on the pre-show, three roll-up finishes. There you go. My notes on on a lot of them, uh, other than the cruiserweight match, which was pretty damn good. Uh, Unless those roll ups are of the fruit variety, I want nothing to do with them. Yeah, Yeah. this was this was clunky, Um, and and it was supposed to be clunky, and I think it continues. So, my favorite part of the finish of this was immediately after that, um, Renee Young gets on. they, They go back to the to the to the booth, and Renee Young's like. What a way to start off the action tonight at SummerSlam with a distraction roll-up, which certainly <laughs> won't be a harbinger for the rest of this pre-show. Like, come on, guys. Like, if, if that's what they're going to do, you can't have her say that. That's a terror. Like, I don't – is that what you're, you're, you're promoting, that all the matches are going to be like that? Because no, no, let's not do that. Yeah, this was not a great match. I do post my match ratings in the morning. Make sure you all check those out. FightfulWrestling.com. Shout-outs to our friends at OMG.com. I use that stuff to cook my food every day. Thank you for the donation in the super chat. WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Cedric Alexander retained the title over Drew Gulak. I didn't think this was on par with most 205 Live main events. Honestly, I love the story and the transitions in and out of the Gulak because Cedric can do that very well. But man, that final transition in and out of pins was a... It wasn't too ambitious because they could pull it off, but the thing is, they didn't pull it off. Jeff, am I alone in thinking this? That, That botched cradle really messed with me, man, because I've seen a lot of cradles in my day, and when it didn't work... Cedric didn't go to something else. He just waited for Gulak to make himself look really dumb and float over by himself. Yeah, I, I you and I kind of tweeted the same thing at the same time. That really took a little bit of the uh, shine off of this match. Um, the problem now with doing 205 live matches on these pay-per-views and even on pre-shows is nobody knows who these people are because they're not on real TV. And I hate to say that. It was but, in my notes. I mean, you, you got to put these guys, even if it's on the go home show, somehow you got to put them on TV, not necessarily in a match, something in an angle, just something to remind people you guys exist because you have three and a half hours on that friggin' thing for God's sake. And they're dying a death, killing themselves out here. I thought it was a decent match up until that last kind of transition spot, but, uh, you know, uh, 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 but yeah, that took a bit of the shine off, and uh, it's it's like it's like a UFC card. If if the main event stinks, then the whole card kind of uh, kind of have a down opinion of the match. Alex, your thoughts on this match? Um, well, as you know, Fightful's resident two hundred five live stand, 
Um, I, I, uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. But then again, I know uh, I obsessively follow the show and the characters on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Gulak. I was uh, in his original incarnation. Then it, he, was the, he was the guy who carried that show when Enzo was champ. Like his, he transcended he, that show. He transcended everything about Enzo. I'm sorry. You, go ahead. I just he, want no, to no, say that. No, absolutely. He was, he, he, and the fact that as soon as Enzo was gone, he, I love the transition of Drake Maverick comes in and says, what are you doing? You're, you're a fool. Go back to being this killer. And he's like, okay, hold my beer. And, and that's, this was, that was so great. I love this guy. And I also love that he's the cerebral assassin on that show. You don't watch 205 live. You don't know this. That he's the guy uh, who who is he always has a counter for everything. He had Cedric scouted the whole match. Cedric got over a couple of, a couple of things on him, but almost everything he had a counter for. And what I loved about it was he had a counter for everything in that final sequence until he didn't. And it was a really cool moment, except for that one part, right where the where the cradle didn't work. If the cradle had worked, I feel like that would have been such a great sequence. Yeah. That took, and, away, that took away so much for me. And, but that's the thing is that I, I feel like without that, gosh, it's it's the, the choreography and, and design of that was so great. I just wish the execution a bit better. But uh, I will say that I'm. Uh, it, it appears to me they're keeping this title belt on uh, Cedric Alexander to take Neville out of the record books for longest reign. Ooh. Sure, probably. Raw Tag Team Championships B-Team defeated the Revival. Now, I know that on this podcast I pitched a banana peel winning streak gimmick for Bo Dallas months ago, and I'm sorry for that, but Curtis Axel gets shatter machined right out of the gate. Bo Dallas is on his own. It seems really hard for the crowd to get behind Dallas and Axel after years of losing and then years of losing as a team or a year of losing as a team. I mean, they were they were in a stable together based on the fact that they were losers at one point, or their characters were losers, not the humans. But all of a sudden, they're hanging with these teams on Raw, even though they're winning by banana peels. Dallas hits the au revoir and hot tags Axel to no reaction. Dawson has bow pinned, but we get that banana peel win when the tides are turned and the pin is reversed. Okay, Alex, not much to this one, but there you go. Man, this... So frustrating because in the early going, I was like, this, this is the revival that I wanted on the main roster. They take the guy who's not even the legal man and hit their finisher on him. Get him out. Get him out. He's not here. Now let's focus on a limb and we'll take this guy out piece by piece. We'll wreck his day. Like like that, that was, I wanted that for the revival so much. And then I tweeted that and I said, yeah, but watch them lose this match anyway. And they did. Like 30 seconds after I tweeted that, whoopsie daisy, the roll up got countered by accident. And now, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this is the thing is that uh, the, the, the revival deserves so much better than this. And it was one of those, like in an alternate universe, they're in New Japan feuding with the Young Bucks for 10 years. Like, I mean, like, there's, there's, I don't understand how you have these guys. And, and, and this is, this is their ceiling, apparently. Is is to is to be like absolute maniac ring technicians who lose to a a comedy duo who've who've been your biggest jobbers on the show for years. I don't Jeff, I don't get it. Jeff, how do you feel? On this show last night, I compared the NXT tag division of the last four years 
to my sweet spot, NWA, UWF, AWA Tag Team Wrestling, about 1986 to about 1990 or so. It's that good. This is not what I want to see. The the B team are the Mokies. The problem is the Revival aren't the Gladiators. They're supposed to be a good, solid tag team, and you're doing this to them, so it just makes them look stupid. There's a story to tell. I've said this over and over with the B team, learning to not be geeks anymore and learning to actually have quality wins, and then the crowd gets behind them genuinely as opposed to as a comedy duo, but they're not telling it, and it's only hurting the teams that they're going up against like the Revival. I would compare the Revival's push to your internet connection at this very moment. WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose defeated Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre to win the championship. Alex, I was a fan of Ziggler's IC title gear. It was very Rick Rudish, but Dolph Ziggler doesn't exactly make a secret of it that he, he takes from other people, that he is inspired from other people. I mean... He does this all the time with wrestler-inspired gear. Yeah, um, gear is a kind of a theme tonight. Like, I wonder if it was a mandate. Almost everybody had new gear, at least new colors. Like, yeah. it was really noticeable and very cool. Um, I liked it. It broke up the the monotony yeah. of everything. Yeah. Just yeah. No, like I, I, I mean, I complained on the the weekender a few weeks ago about how Ring of Honor. Black ring mat, black ring ropes, black barricade, black ring, black canvas, everything looked the same. And on WWE programming, if if you're wearing the same things every week and you look the same way and everybody's wearing the same colors, it, it gets monotonous. But we did see a lot of fresh new looks tonight. Jeff, what look stood out the most to you tonight of all the new looks that we saw, the new gear that we saw? Daniel Bryan's Seahawks gear. Uh, ironically, he's had that gear since Mania and had yeah. it narrowed down. But I loved it because he's mm-hmm. he intentionally wore pretty bland gear for a long time, and I thought it was a great touch. Mm-hmm. So Ambrose's new look obviously works much better for him. I mean, he looks like a n- new dude now. Ambrose stares down McIntyre, which is a nice touch. Alex, you seem to like that an awful lot. Man, there was the, there's a thing like there's there's a way that like Dean as manic like I've never liked that version of Dean. This guy who 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 saunters up to a to a bigger dude, stares him in the face just calmly like that like like he's the biggest he like here's the guy on the on the prison yard that I know is the biggest dude. I'm gonna walk up to him and show him I have no fear. But it didn't feel like this is calculated. This feels like. Dean Ambrose has spent some time inside and knows what, what's up. Like, it felt really authentic. It was just, it was really cool. And I hope that's his new guy. Like, not not wacky crazy, I'm weird Dean. But, like, just this laser-focused, casual killer. I, I like that a lot. This match really picked up. At first, you know, I, I feared the worst because... They've run this back so many times, and it, it feels like they've wrestled eight or nine times, and they haven't. Uh, the first big spot was Rollins catching Ziggler off the top rope and trying to Falcon arrow him, but instead they do the double suplex tumble over the top rope. A great spot. I didn't think that we needed an extended chin lock on a card this length, which I'll <laughs> talk about later in the Nakamura match, but we sure as shit needed that Ziggler DDT on the apron. That was a smooth one. 
But one of my favorite spots of this entire weekend was Seth Rollins doing that reverse or inverted superplex into a move that he used maybe before Ring of Honor. The paroxysm, I think it was called. It was essentially a a twisting bloody Sunday. Man, that was awesome. This is uh, right after Rollins eats knees off of a frog splash attempt. They really stepped it up and did some different things, I thought, Jeff. Oh, look, I haven't even gotten into the different things they've done. When when, uh, when the last stanza of this match goes, it's just amazing. I think these two, I, I like this better than the Iron Man match, to be honest. Oh, with oh of course. Oh, of course, that, and the that, crowd was way better, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it helped they weren't counting down, you know, from 10 over and over. I know, I know, but I mean, everybody was kind of like the first two-thirds of this match. I was reading my Twitter, and everybody was really like, really, this is the match they did to open up with? Really, the chin lock spot? Really, this, this, yeah. this? And yeah. the last third of this match, really business picked no, up. You know, it really did. Um, that, that, uh, that <laughs> like, inverted suplex into the twisting mm-hmm. thing, that thing, like, I tweeted this, like, I love that thing. That was amazing to me. And I was like, I, I don't think you can kick out of that. I just don't. No. If it's not your finisher, I don't feel like you can kick out of it. I, I, I like, I mean, the, the, the superplex into the Falcon Arrow is one thing. We've seen guys kick out of that over and over and over again. If you do that spot, I feel like that's got to be in a tag match where the, where the thing's broken up or whatever, or, or Drew breaks it up and there's a DQ or whatever. But there's no way he's yes. going to kick out of that. That thing was yeah. that thing was amazing. And, and and not only that, he can't pull that out every match now. I mean, the no, only please, guys like uh, Adolph Ziggler can take something like that. Yeah, that's a special spot. Yeah, McIntyre attacks Ambrose, which distracts Rollins into taking a zigzag. Rollins is busted open. We saw some blood on this show, mm-hmm. quite a bit of it. I mean, not I'm not talking like Eddie Guerrero buckets of blood mm-hmm. or anything, but some spots. Ambrose then attacks McIntyre. Rollins super kicks and stomps Ziggler for the win. Outstanding opening match. Really set the tone and helped a sense of optimism because, man, that pre-show sucked. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, I watched the NXT TakeOver show this morning. So I was watching that, too. And I mean, my God, the, the worst match on that show was an outstanding match. So. Yeah. My fear was that this match was going to do the same thing that the takeover opener did and kind of overshadow the card for for yeah. quite a bit. Fortunately, the show is so goddamn long that mm-hmm. it can't because most people have forgotten by them. <laughs> Backstage, we see the Bella Twins, and they're asked if they're thinking about a return, but they're focused on all the shit they're doing, so they say. The rumor is Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey. The rumor, as reported by Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer. Jeff, I know you wanted to talk about this. Personally, not a fan of it. A woman who had her last singles match a year and a half ago versus a woman who had her first singles match four months ago. How do you feel? Oh, we can get the real sports fans, and then we could get the reality TV fans, and then they'll all come in. No. I had somebody saying, oh, it's no. because Nikki's a reality star. I'm like, okay, well, then book Marjo or Maurice in the main I event. I agree. I would agree with that. But but Nikki Bella has two TV shows, which amazes me because she can't act. Um, <laughs> you Maurice know, I, is destroying her numbers right now. I know. It's cynical marketing, and I understand it. And it's also throw me a bone for what she's done. I just... 
I think it's I think it's tone deaf. I think you celebrate the current count level and the, and the horsemen women from NXT and all those other people who got you to the dance. That's yep. my opinion. Yep, and I and I know some people will say, well, Nikki Bella did get you to the dance. She got you on this and this and this. No, no, no. she didn't. She didn't. No, she didn't. And and I I think. You know, I've got a lot of respect for the improvements that Nikki Bella made, both in the ring. She transformed her body. I'll never forget the the Total Divas image. And on one side, it's Nikki, and one side, it's Brie. And you can see the physical difference in Nikki, like how much work she had put in to become mm-hmm. an in-ring wrestler and did, I thought, very good. I, I made my my affection for Nikki Haru Belasawa's forearm well-known. I think it's great. <laughs> But I don't want this. And they say they're going to watch Rousey's match front row. <laughs> you, got Io, you got Io Shirai at NXT. And you're going to celebrate the women's revolution with Nikki Bella. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that later. Elias tries to perform, but his guitar breaks. And the crowd chants, you fucked up. Alex, I think this is an infinitely better ending than Bobby Lashley interrupting him. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Bobby Lashley is cold boogers on a paper plate. Oh, I and know. It's their fault. It's their fault, too. Oh, oh, 100%. Because, if you remember, the guy who's the champion right now lost clean as a whistling sheet last pay-per-view to Bobby Lashley, who's not on the card tonight. What the hell? Like, how, <laughs> how do you book that? How <laughs> hey, do you book hey, that? language. Hey, calm it down. Come on, Anna. Chill. <laughs> Get demonetized here. Ooh, Miz heals the B team backstage. More on that later. SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Early on, early on in the middle of this match, I'm like, this might steal the show. And I did not have this match pegged for that. These two teams went out. They they just went all out. I loved it. The Bludgeon Brothers totally kill Xavier Woods to kind of start things off. Then he Hurricane Ron is one on the stairs. Biggie gets in after a hot tag, and the crowd was jumping. A Harper Michinoku driver stops that. Xavier gets just slaughtered, Jeff, with this boss man slam on the outside. Where, I, like, usually a, a good old abyss black hole slam, little preview guys doing that for making a finisher. Talk to abyss all about creating that. But usually one of those looks worse. But this one, he let go of Xavier, and Xavier got a little extra. That was nasty. Can we say that these guys killed themselves for a bad finish? Yeah, that was my only problem. We we had I mean, this, these, this finish stunk, and Xavier Woods may have died for our sins tonight. All right, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean that elbow drop from the top to the floor ain't pleasant. And there's and three of them. Who cares if one can't work for a month? Oh, oh my god! Between him and Kevin Owens, I'm just like, what in the hell is? I mean, it's SummerSlam, second biggest show of the year, guys. Enough for that finish. My God, these guys killed them. It was a great match up until the rubber hammer. Yeah, so <laughs> Rowan does this. Which is the words I thought I'd never say on a podcast. Yeah. Rowan does this incredible heaving back body drop to Kofi after Xavier gets killed with a powerbomb party. Xavier does a flying elbow drop from the top rope to the floor. <laughs> when I do that on WWE video games, I think that's unrealistic. Nobody's taking that bump. Xavier did. We also saw a Yurinagi backstabber off the apron. Then Rowan and Harper attack with their hammers for the DQ. Alex, this was action-packed. They emptied the cupboard. Yep. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Now, um, this is, uh, you know, the old um, F finish 
Um, and because uh, uh, I got I got yelled at for using bad language a while ago, so I'm gonna say it's the F finish. The F finish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh, I. I. Yeah. I didn't get it, especially the idea of Eric Rowan goes and gets the hammer, and he uses the handle to, <laughs> to hit a guy with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with this this the dowel. I'm gonna hit you with a dowel. And then Luke, Harper, Luke Harper's like, no, 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 man. No, 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 no. Let me do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the proverbial um, Triple H where I run covering the head of it and I hit you with that. You have a hammer. Like, you swing the hammer and you hit guys with it. I know that would hurt, but what the hell? The only reasonable conclusion to this is if, like, Danny, Ronnie, Wheeler, and Augie Farks from the Role Model movie come out with their LARP gear in their KISS outfit and they attack these guys. We got to have a good LARP fight out of these guys. Well, and then then you got the War Raiders involved and Sarah Logan involved because they're all about that too. I want Sarah Logan blowing a horn and coming down on a ship. Yes. <laughs> and now they're not going to do it because we figured them out. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. Money in the Bank briefcase match. Braun Strowman squashes Kevin Owens. I have no problem with this. Kevin Owens is bulletproof. Bulletproof. Uh, He has a KO in the Bank shirt, which is a bit of a swerve, Jeff, because usually outside of the AJ, the Y2AJ shirt that we saw, usually that is a pretty good indication of WWE's plans. However, not so much so. Uh, Kevin Owens got runned over, as they say, they being me. Choke slammed through a table ringside, then power slammed. I'm okay with it. Braun needed a good, strong monster win, especially to set up the end of the show. And Kevin Owens, like I said, bulletproof. Doesn't hurt him a bit. He dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, besides him actually maybe being dead, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, KO in the bank shirt's going right next to the Y2AJ and soon the Boston Hug Connection shirt, I figure. Oh. Uh, um, oh. Yeah, no, I'm fine with the squash. We had a couple of those on on, uh, on this show. Right? We did. Um, yeah. Um, look, I'm I'm a huge Braun fan, and I'm I'm uh, he he was a good to give him the win and everything. I don't understand why you have the match if that's what you're going to yeah. do for the finish. Like, like if you're just going to have Braun come in and do what he did at the end of the show, and we'll talk about that, then you don't need this match at all. Get him on the card. I mean, that, I, that's it. They, I, 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 I get it. They got him that payday. I, that's that's fine. But, like, here's here's what I think would have saved my my problems with it. If Kevin Owens had a perfect foolproof plan, where he comes in, as soon as the bell rings, Jinder Mahal hops the barricade, because they're friends now, and attacks <laughs> Kevin Owens. And no one's like, ha-ha, you got this, I got this, you got disqualified, because this guy attacked me. And Kurt Angle comes out and says, you're not getting intentionally disqualified. We start the match. And then okay. the squash happens. I would have liked that. Like, like Kevin Owens had a foolproof plan that was then disallowed, which allows him tomorrow to be like, what the hell, Steph? Like, I was supposed to have won. And then you have whatever from there. This just made me sad because Kevin Owens, I really like Kevin Owens and I don't want to see him get beaten I, like he's a, like it would. I wouldn't would, mind Kevin Owens approaching Jinder Mahal backstage tomorrow and be like, where the hell were you? Where you? you? That would have been fine. To which Jinder would have replied, up here. I'm up here. 
but yeah, I, I um, the, the 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 new ring gear I would say definitely takes the uh, the award for worst ratio of time making new ring gear to time spent wearing new ring yeah. gear. SmackDown Women's Championship: Charlotte Flair defeated Becky Lynch and Carmella to become a seven-time WWE Women's Champion. We mentioned the new gear. I think it sets it off, makes it feel like the special show it is. Carmella kept interjecting herself and finally got in between uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch and threw Becky into the stairs hard. We saw some hard stair shots, some SummerSlam level stair shots here. Charlotte's timing was off a lot early in this match. And if it wasn't off, then I would have had this up there like in my match ratings up probably a good three quarters of a point higher because man, it was just, it took away a lot. The boot that missed Becky by a mile, the spear that missed, missed time there, but Becky got a burst of offense, got caught with a stratosphere by Carmella. Uh, Carmella goes for one on Charlotte, but Charlotte does like this Boston crab slam off the second rope, then transitions into the figure eight. Becky just busts her ass bone up real proper with a leg drop. I saw Bix call it like a Scorpio leg drop. Yeah, where all your weight just boom, tailbone, mat. That hurts. So it, it looked really good in breaking that up, though. There's a disarmor on Charlotte, but Carmella breaks it up. Then there's this really nice inverted pump handle slam that Becky hits. On, on uh, I think it's Charlotte. I love that move. It was something a little bit different, something that I look for. But Carmella gets to the ropes on a disarmor. And then Charlotte hits natural selection on Becky Lynch while the disarmor is on Carmella. Alex, we'll talk about the match itself. Charlotte sneaks one out. Not necessarily dirtiest player in the game territory. It's all within the rules, but... A little skeevy in the grand scheme of things, which played a role later. What do you think of the execution in the match itself? Um, I thought Carmella really held her own. That was the biggest story for me of this thing: is that she mm. felt like she belonged to me, like like she did, like she wasn't obviously at their level, but the stuff that she was doing, she didn't she didn't look out of place. Like sometimes when Alexa Bliss is in there with like like really great workers, it it doesn't look right. Like at least Carmella faked it well. Like there were some good spots in there that I felt like she, like she at least you know held her own. I I I I actually didn't mind the Carmella reign uh, as champion. Um, uh, uh, listen, I mean, if you thought that any other outcome was going to happen, Becky being pinned by Charlotte after Charlotte was inserted in the match, then you haven't been paying attention to the way that WWE books their women. So I mean. It's just it's just kind of un, un, unfortunate that that was what we got. Um, we'll talk about the repercussions of it in a second, I'm sure. Well, whoever dresses up Becky uh, for these big matches needs to uh, be shot, first of all. Uh, <laughs> um, just the, the tiger eye makeup and, and things like that, and the hair that she does like war, Road Warrior style. She did this for Mania, too. Not very good. Becky brought her working boots tonight. Uh, Carmella decided to try and be Sasha Banks tonight. I was kind of impressed by the amount of damage she was taking, both the moonsault on the floor and doing the dive. Um, she tried hard. I thought she was a great character here. I think 
SRS, you you hit something that's not talked about enough. Charlotte's been really rusty since she's come back in both the match against Carmella and in this one quite a bit. I know certain journalists may not say a lot about that, but uh, not touching that with a ten foot pole there. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, our old friend Rob McCarron is correct here. I think Charlotte is going to get a lot of title reigns to try and get up to daddy's number. Mm-hmm. I think that's the plan with Charlotte here. Yep. Um, and I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that while they tried to turn Becky Hill tonight, those cheers, I think they may bail on it. I think they may just make Charlotte the heel after this. They should. That they that will be an indication should. of their future. I think what they do with this will be a real indication of how their booking will be when they get those big deals next year. When it, they they've got the, when they've got the we can do whatever we want money if we want to. Tuesday will be a real good indication, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, this was a cathartic release of you've been treating Becky like a effing idiot for the last two years. She's finally doing something with some character development there. If they do bail on this, I think it's a bit of a mistake, and and, and Becky needs to go into the rafters for a year, like like Sting, because she think is she Charlotte Sting. <laughs> she is Charlotte Sting. Yeah. Now the, this the, the 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 pop when 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 Becky finally snapped, tired mm-hmm. of Charlotte shit, and turned on her. The crowd. With her, like, yes, yes, good for you standing up for yourself, Becky. We we love you, and we absolutely agree. This is the right thing for you to do in this moment. That like, said, it's utterly ridiculous in a triple threat match that there's friendships and they're arguing about who slapped whom. I know. That's the thing that yeah. pissed me off in that this was, match. That, that was so stupid. I hated that. Earl, like, here's the thing. In the damn pre-show... During their little talk about this match, Renee says, so what do you think? Are Charlotte and Becky going to be able to, you know, stay on the same page in this match? They're not in a tag match. It's a triple threat. At some point, they're going to have to fight each other. Becky didn't have a reason to be upset about what happened in the match. She had a reason to be upset that the match happened. And that's Mm -hmm. that's why I'm glad they conveyed that in the weeks that led up. She straight up said, I don't want you here. Yeah. Charlotte could have easily, I mean, obviously this is not her, her character at all, but as said a friend, no. she could have said, I'm rooting for you. You beat Carmella, and I'll be your first challenger. May the best woman win. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. Perfect. One, one, 100%. But saying, I, and I, I, like, I want to leapfrog you in line. I know I've been out for a while, and I don't deserve this title match at all, but I'm a flair, so I get whatever I want. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Becky should have a problem with that. And guess what? The audience... Like the fans, the WWE universe, they had a problem with that too. Because when Becky turned on her, they cheered loud. It was a huge pop. And and you're right. If the if WWE knows what the hell they're doing, they'll immediately if they thought they were turning Becky heel, they had to go, nope. We just made Becky into a badass baby face the crowd wants to cheer for. So you have Mm -hmm. Charlotte like say, How dare you? I deserve this. And immediately Great, she's the heel, and we all get a root against Charlotte the way it's always been intended. Flares are heels. That's just the way it works. Alex, yeah, and she's she's bigger than Becky, so she has to be the heel. You know what yeah. she needs to do is she needs to come out and, and cry again, like she did tonight, which which is which would just be the sign of an ultimate heel. Oh, you know, she's my friend. <laughs> you know that kind of People, thing. It just yeah, weakness is heel now. 
having a weakness gets you a heel reaction these days because mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. really wants to see that. It's not the way it used to be. Alex, what was the term that you used at the top of the show that was, was the theme of this? That, um, that, that it looks like we're going uh, in a new direction. Did you say nude erection? No, I said nude well, it's erection. it's funny but... that you mentioned that <laughs> because if we are going for nude erections, our friends at Blue Chew can help. That's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Even after a six-hour show, you know what? You're still good to go. BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime. At 5 p.m. when the pre-show starts, 4 a.m. when the pay-per-view ends. Doesn't matter. You're good to go. Even on a full stomach. You know what? You might be on a full stomach when you start the show. And by the time the show actually ends, you're just completely emaciated. Doesn't matter. You can take Blue Chew. They are prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. But let me tell you, there will be nothing discreet about your package when you take Blue Chew. No doctor's visit in person, no waiting at the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free. Free by using the code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. Even if you don't, hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. And let me tell you, your neighbors are going to hear all about them. They're going to be phoning in noise complaints, my friends. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. The night of new directions, Alex. The night of new directions. Did you all miss me? <laughs> Dearly. Somebody, I, I'm going to call somebody out. Trevor Williams says, Trevor Williams says, find a new damn sponsor. This is a joke. As much as I like Fightful, this makes the site look bushly. You mean like the two most downloaded podcasts in wrestling right now that also have this as a sponsor? I think even the most visited wrestling website in the world right now has them as a sponsor. And listen, listen, buddy. Listen, Trevor Williams. I know you're frustrated right now. You don't seem confident. Your performance is a little lackluster in the chat. So I'm going to need you to hit up my homeboys at bluechew.com. B-L-U-E chew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. There doesn't need to be any shame. There's nothing wrong with it. You're just stepping things up. You got SummerSlam. <laughs> Actually, no, we're going to talk. WWE Championship. Samoa Joe defeated AJ Styles, but via DQ, no title change. This match starts off like most AJ Styles matches do. What Jeff's when the last time that we've seen an AJ Styles match kind of kick off in like third or fourth gear? It doesn't doesn't happen anymore. 
No, there's always the, you know, the feeling out period. Everybody, you know, especially in the Cena matches, it'd be like quick finishers, quick tries at flash pins, and they stare at each other, and they get the complimentary applause and stuff like that or whatever. I really liked the start of this. It felt like a grudge match. So what I didn't like was the headlock early on. I didn't think that <laughs> felt like a grudge match. Right after Joe introduced Wendy. Alex, your thoughts on that opening? Uh, no, I don't. I don't like the headlock. Um, I mean, that, you know, you don't need a headlock there. Um, I like the match though a lot. It felt like the best AJ match in a long time. I feel like it was. It, it there was a there was real passion there on both sides. Uh, these two guys obviously have a great history and they work together really well. Um, they brought out the best in each other. Uh, loved the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Loved, loved the match. Uh, even um, even okay with there being uh, the finish that there was because it means we're, we're prob- almost certainly getting a rematch in Hell in a Cell, which is going to be great. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, but I, really, I, did, I did like the match a lot. There were a lot of really good spots back and forth. We saw a lot of these spots in TNA because they wrestled, you know, dozens and dozens of times. I don't remember Joe hitting a flying leg lariat off the second rope, Jeff. Oh no, 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 no! They had uh, they they pulled out a few tricks here tonight. I, I really this was, you know, I, I even the early TNA chant. Uh, once we got past it, and they decided, yeah. now nah, we're going to be a little bit better than that tonight. I, I I liked a lot about this, but and I like more more bringing in personal families into into playing. From reason I actually really liked everything about the go home angle about this match and just the continued, hey, daddy's coming home. I really kind of dug that. So uh, AJ Styles at the Styles Clash for two, and I loved Graves explaining that Styles didn't get the other arm hooked, and that probably saved Joe. And they've done this spot so many times that they they trust each other, but Graves. Doing that, man, that's some A-plus commentary right there. That's that's putting over almost everybody involved and adding a, a layer of human error to the situation that I really like. The calf crusher gets reversed in the Kikina clutch. Styles gets the rope. Joe does this kick to Styles off the top rope, sends him outside, and then into the stairs hard. And uh, Styles is busted open by this point. Joe gets on the table. And says, Wendy, I promised you that daddy was coming home, but I lied. But it's okay, because I'll be your daddy. And, you know. <laughs> Love it. 
I, I don't like, I usually don't relate to the family stuff, but man, the reaction that line got. Just everybody just, ooh. And AJ reacted perfectly. Yeah. This was the guy WWE wasn't sure about for 15 years. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. They weren't sure about. Yeah. Boy, he conveys emotion as well as anybody. He grabs, he knocks Joe through the barricade, beats the living shit out of Joe with a chair, goes over to his kid who was frightened by him at this point, which I don't think was planned, but added something to it, I thought. Oh my God. Daddy, you're bleeding. Like, oh, oh, it's perfect. I mean, if that that kid improv that line, she deserves a raise. That's perfect. Ah. Damn, Jeff. The, the only other time I've been the only other time I've been moved like that is if you watch Beyond the Mat at the uh Rumble match at Anaheim between the Rock and Foley, where yeah. Rock is just killing him with chairs and the kids can't watch anymore, so they have to be escorted out of there. That was that kind of moment for me. I was like, yeah, wow, you're really exposing the kid to this, but at the same time, it looked like she may have been in on it at the same time. But it was a beautiful Beautiful moment, and I loved it. This was one of the best DQ finishes I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was in a WWE Championship match on a major pay-per-view. I mentioned earlier, I was like, man, I'm glad it's not the days. Like, I remember at some WrestleManias where you get like five count-out, draw, DQ finishes. And I'm glad we're not there. And we got a couple tonight, but this well, one hammer, was great. the hammer DQ. Q took the took the took the magic of the DQ this app, I think a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Alex, any final thoughts on this one? Uh, I just uh I, I think it's interesting they they've uh, decided now they've branded uh Samoa Joe as a hybrid athlete. I think is what they call hybrid athlete, which is like something they ta- they called him at least 75 times during the match. I was like <laughs> hybrid of what? Like fat and good, like what are you calling him? I feel, I feel like I've, I figured it out. Like large and agile, that's fine. But it was weird for a while. It was like, what hybrid? Is that code for something? Listen, I'm not defending you when every WWE wrestler on the roster is in your mentions tomorrow <laughs> over that. No, no, that was the thing. It's like, are you saying are you saying that Joe was thinner in NXT or lighter uh, in NXT? No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying to me hybrid seems like it's code speak for something. I just think he's a great wrestler. I don't know why everybody has to have like a thing, like yeah. the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. It's stupid. Just look, call him Joe. Alice, the brother's Samoan. He can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> the man's no, defeated. I, I think, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think hybrid just, I think they're wanting to convey he's a heavyweight who moves like a cruiserweight. I think which, that's all they're which, trying to do there. Which, and, if we're watching the match, we can see for ourselves, you know? Like, yes, I know that, but it's Captain just, Obvious comes out on WWE commentary um, sometimes, okay? It really does. It really does. The Miz defeated Daniel Bryan. I was hoping that Marjo would interfere and fight Daniel Bryan because Marjo Mania is running wild in my house. Instead, Maurice is ringside. We get the sweet Seahawks gear for Daniel Bryan. We never see him, I don't want to say never, but rarely see him in vivid colors like this. And I liked it. I thought it added a different touch, Alex. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I really did. I like that. Um, it, it's good. Uh, he's firmly a SmackDown guy now, so I like that his stuff is blue. 
Um, uh, the, 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 the only other iconic gear for me of, of his was that really dark, nice maroon red with like the, mm. the fur kick pads on the back. It looked um, like they shrunk John Nord because he would <laughs> run around and go, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, my God, they did it. Yeah, they did it. Rick Moranis did it. So this match, wow, what was up with the crowd, Jeff? How so? Dead. Dead. Yeah. R.I.P. was this crowd outside of yes. I, I think they came for a fight and the wrestling match broke out. And I think they were a little disappointed by that in some I, ways. I, I think, think they're, they're they were a little bit uh they're a little bit worn out from the AJ Samoa Joe match as well. You can't right. have two blood feuds like that back to back without a little bit of a a little bit of a palate cleanser in the some ways. So. On the card was weird for this match and the mm-hmm. WWE match. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I understand what you were what you wound up doing with the other matches, but Finn and Corbin going on after these matches didn't make a lot of sense. You can have Finn and Corbin go on between AJ and Joe. And this thing, yeah. like, maybe maybe Finn coming out as the demon. Uh, spoiler alert! Um, would you know pop the crowd, get him, get him, get him involved, and then you transition into this. But I think you're right, yes. Jeff. I wonder if a lot of the crowd expected to see a squash, like or, Brian come out, beat the hell out of Miz, put him in the yes lock. It's or over. This leads off the show because I would say there were four main events. That's true on this yeah. show: the Raw Women's Title, the two World Titles, and then this. Yeah. And this could have let off the show and maybe spread those out because four of those last six matches were those. And I love the idea of using the Corbin, uh, the Corbin Balor match like that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is a WrestleMania caliber feud. Yes, it's just it's great stuff. Uh, Brian and Miz were potatoing the shit out of each other. Brian laid mm-hmm. in some kicks, did an in- Miz did an inverted surfboard. Then Brian got out, and did one of his own. Then Brian took this nasty top rope clothesline where he's crotched that turns him inside out. Miz follows up with a cravat, and I mean some stiff knees. Some stiff knees where I'm like, hey, he just came back from a brain injury. Let's lighten up. But man, I love those. I like that Miz added them. It's a, it's a new facet. Miz tries to do Brian's drop kicks, but eats some offense instead, which includes a high-velocity suicide drop kick and a diving body, body press to the outside. It's not often these days I see a really good tree of woe, but tonight I did. I mean, a real good one. I was a, a big fan of that, and I hated that move as a kid. When Kevin Sullivan did it, and when I was a kid, I was like, trash. <laughs> Great facial expressions, Jeff, from The Miz, when Brian no-sells the yes kicks, mm. and then Brian slaps the living shit out of it. Oh, my God. He, he challenged Minoru Suzuki in that sequence. Oh my God, he was smacking him around like a young boy from New Japan. I was just like, oh my God, Miz, Miz is earning all his hazard pay tonight. I, I loved that that part of it where he fired up and Miz just finally just said, oh, I'm in over my head right now. I liked that kind of realization. For me, for all the times I've said that Daniel Bryan needs to lay off the, you haven't earned my respect, you don't work hard, you're a coward thing. Daniel Bryan wrestled like he believed every word of that. To the Miz. Mm-hmm. And I, I can respect that. I, I love that. We have uh, Brian kicking Miz on the apron. Now, keep in mind, Brian had just got skull-crushing finale after a catapult for two. But Brian misses Miz and kicks the ring post. 
And I've asked, I, I, you know, people ask me if I've asked about the ring posts yet. Yeah, I have, and I got a really vague answer. So it's like some sort of thin steel, but man, that made such a perfect sound, Alex. Oh, it's it's a, it's a fantastic sound, and it's a great it's a it's a it's a great spot. The 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 ring post shoulder spot is used in almost every match now, but this the, this one like the miss a kick and you're ah, oh, it just looks it just looks like it could you know. It, it it feels like that is much more dangerous than a you know my shoulder accidentally went into this post kicking it with the, with the, with the flat of your shin that easily feels like a good bruise bone if not more and so nobody like but line. WWE has the benefit of doing that because nobody but WWE has those ring posts yep they're yep. the only ones we get a couple of uh, actually back in the ring Miz applies the figure four and Brian punches his way out and reverses pressure. Couple of near falls, then Brian cracks uh, huge elbows across the Miz's face, applies the yes lock. Maurice, after Miz gets sent outside the ring, like very slickly, slips brass knuckles to Miz, punches Brian in the face, gets the pin. Alex, what'd you think of the finish? Well, I thought it was really interesting because it felt like it was in the moment because this wasn't planned. Like it wasn't planned that Miz went over there while Brian was down or something and got like Brian knocked him into that spot on the barricade where where Maurice was. And Maurice, it felt like it was Maurice's idea in the moment. Here, I brought these with me just in case. Here, use them. And of course, Miz knows what to do in that moment because that's that's his that's his MO. But it didn't feel like it was their plan all along to have done this, which is why I liked it a lot. It felt like it was um, like they thought Miz could take him, and he and he couldn't. So they did. So this was what they had as a backup. Um, I, I I did. I thought it was fine because here's the deal. Now we we got might get this in the hell in a cell as well. And I mean honestly, if you thought going into this that it was going to be one match and done, and that match was going to be a squash, and let's move <laughs> Daniel Bryan on to to feud with Samoa Joe, who's probably going to have the title. Uh, no, I feel like this is something that's going to last for a very long time because they have such a rich history built into it. You can at least get two matches out of it, if not three, and they'll still work because these guys work really, really well together. I mean, the the, the spot that I loved the most was where Miz was laying in those those yes kicks. No, no, Miz, uh, uh, Brian was laying those yes kicks really good. Missed the one, and then Miz went right into one of, I think, my favorite move of his which is that short DDT, that snap DDT that he gets to the guy from his from his opponent's yeah. knees, that that always pops me, and it's it's a it's a move that I also feel like should finish people maybe five percent of the time because I it's one of those great uh, two counts that I I yeah. love every time he uses it. Have a lot of people continuing to ask me about Brian's contract, and it is literally the same situation that I had heard months ago, and now his contract is WWE canon. They brought it up on SmackDown. Same thing I've always heard. He's got a deal. So I do not believe that he hasn't signed stuff. I don't believe any of that. They sent him on a 2K19 media tour <laughs> where that was going to be asked in every interview. Yeah. He, they have greenlit Total Divas Season 4. He is advertised for SmackDown 1000. They just set up a backstage angle with he and his wife who mention Maurice and Miz in the future. He is advertised for MSG. He is the focus of 2K19. It's the same thing I've always heard. 
There you go. Backstage, Jeff, he did uh, see his wife, Bree, and he was frustrated. He says, this has been The Miz as long as I've known him. He says he's going to go punch a wall somewhere. What did you think of this match? What did you think of the follow-up? thought the match was good. I think it does set up, unfortunately, a program for the next six months. Uh, we're going to get this match quite a lot, I think, now. Um, and, uh, and, and Brian, great actor. Uh, this, the broomstick he was with, uh, was okay. <laughs> Please. Uh, I, I, Please. I, I think the, I think the, I think the game plan is set though. I think next match, Maurice tries again to slip Miz something. Bree stops it. And at Evol- women at the evolution pay-per-view, we get a mixed tag. Really? You think, but I mean, all women's not all women's, uh, well, maybe, geez, maybe we get Bree versus Maurice. Oh man. Well, you know, Maurice is a reality star. Uh, so yeah. Reality stars. And star, Bree has uh, two TV shows. Man. Yeah. And I think combined, Maurice's show probably does more viewership. But I think, I, you know what? I, I, I think you're right. This is a mania level match. My fear is that they're going to run this back for the next six, six months and try and reheat it for mania. And the thing is, I, I wonder, you know, the crowd knows that WWE is behind Brian now. So I wonder if it'll have the same effect with a kind of a predetermined run to Mania as opposed to a manufactured one by the fans. It's always something I wonder. Demon Balor squashed Constable Corbin, and this is exactly how this was supposed, should have went. A surprise demon appearance, Jeff. Uh, this is just a squash, and Balor looks way cooler when he's not Irish Fonzie. Look, we, we said both in NXT and on the main roster that the Demon should fight different than Finn Balor did, and he did this time, and he's a lot stronger than Finn. Loved it. His vertical leap increases by like six or seven inches whenever he mm-hmm. does that. It's God, it's like he took some blue chew with all those extra inches. Anyway, <laughs> Alex, you uh, saw several squash matches on the Raw site. I mean, you could go as far as to say – Maybe the main event was pretty close to a squash, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't see any harm in this. Constable Corbin's got the authority gimmick, right? No, I mean it's 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 fine. It was it it, it was a super. I mean, I, I had somebody say we all knew he was bringing out the demon for this match. Like, yeah, no idea. They did because because I, I thought it was dead. I thought the demon thing was dead. Like he hadn't he hadn't done it since he had it that match last SummerSlam. With Bray, he was due to have Pumpkin Demon at, at at TLC in October last year, but then Bray got sick, so he, he he didn't he didn't bring it out for that match versus AJ Styles. Like it was due just to the, due to the either it'd be terrible writing from WWE or booking, or just the mumps. Right, his right, teaming no. character hasn't been used in anything meaningful in right. so long. And so my thought was, everyone kept saying like the matches aren't big enough. For him to, to 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 bring out the demon, like this match was big enough. Like I, the 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 guy who's I like he keeps calling me small, so I'm gonna bring out my demon and I'm gonna kill him. Like I I don't I don't feel like that's enough of a reason. Like he's had multiple matches that have that could have re- re- resulted in title shots or whatever. Like he could have been the demon for the Money in the Bank match, but then somebody told me on Twitter. Yeah, but he never loses the demon. Yeah, exactly. And if you want that to continue, which I don't really need it to, uh, especially if he's not getting pinned, 
if he's not if he's in the money in the bank match as the demon and doesn't win but doesn't get yeah. pinned, I don't count it as a loss personally. I mean, but maybe I feel he like, was just annoyed with Baron Corbin to the point where he's like, let's let's wrap this up. One thing I did love was was Baron Corbin going, I didn't sign up to face that thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> that that totally makes sense to me. Uh, and, and now Baron can whine about it tomorrow night on Raw, which I'm sure he will. Um, but I, I don't know how long it is before we see the Demon again. I just want, Whenever I see him break out the Demon, I feel like it's a really, really important match. And we're going to see him as the Demon in that match for like 15 minutes. This was a, like... <laughs> The rate we talked about ratio before of how long it takes you to get in your ring gear versus how long you were in it. Like oh, that, yeah. th- that makeup chair, he was in there for hours and he squashed Baron in like two minutes. Just remember, they took the club away from this guy and yeah, for no reason. It's so weird. Be- Look, someone, someone tell the boogeyman to come pick up his kid. All right, we need to. <laughs> oh, gosh. Guys, uh, check out our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. They do a great job covering the Fightful Wrestling Weekly every week. Also, we have a clip channel, Fightful Scraps. Bit of a pet project we work on. Has a lot of our funny moments from Listen Your Boy, Holy Smokes, Post Raw, and SmackDown shows. United States Championship, Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. Nakamura wins, and he is hilarious. I love that his gimmick is continuity at its finest in that he is a troll who can't take what he dishes out. He thinks it's funny until it happens to him. Then he turns into a pissy patty all the time. That's literally why he turned heel and it continued. Jeff Hardy mocks him and Nakamura is beside himself, Jeff. (laughs) Oh, he looks like some teenage girl who had her party ruined. It was the (laughs) best. It was the best. You're making fun of me? (laughs) I loved it. I wanted a Lambo, not a Corvette. Yeah, exactly. No, it was absolutely spectacular. It was wonderful. I don't know if we needed an hour number five modified Cobra Clutch rest hold, but we got it. Some back and forth. Nakamura gets caught swinging for the bowels. He missed, though. Twist of fate and a swanton, but Nakamura grabs the ropes. Hardy follows up with a nasty twist of fate. I mean, a pretty brutal one. And then he missed an even more horrifying swanton onto the apron, Alex. Damn! Jeff has spent the last several months talking about how I don't even like to do the swanton anymore. I mean, that, that hurts, man. When you're landing on a nice, soft other body. But as we all know, the ring's the hardest part of the apron. And after oh, voluntarily... Oh, wait, 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 what? Sorry, the apron is the hardest part of the okay. ring. <laughs> and after seeing this, him voluntarily do this spot, I feel like we need to have a conversation with Jeff. Jeff, are you okay, buddy? Do you... This is a cry for help. Like, not, not you. Uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, it feels like a cry for help. Like, dude, that, that's suicidal. Why are you doing that? I know your brother's retiring, basically, maybe because he's because he's so hurt. Do you want to join him and get another get a nice pension? That's ridiculous to take this bump. You're 40 years old. It's completely un, unnecessary. But uh, OK, I just I watched it and I go, Jeff, you're not a kid anymore. You can't take these crazy bumps. Whew. Well, after that, he gets Kinshasa for the win. Nakamura emerges victorious. I thought this was 
a, a, a barely above average at best, Jeff, but some some neat spots. Oddly enough, it was one of Nakamura's better outings on the main roster. I thought during I thought during from a performance match. and entertainment standpoint for sure. Yeah, I, I here here's the disconnect for me. I I thought after this match and after the aftermath with Randy Orton, I thought this was Jeff's last match because I thought the reason he didn't RKO him was out of respect. And then the camera doesn't cut in time for Jeff getting up and applauding or whatever, as if it's a goodbye type of thing. I I may have thought they missed cutting that, but maybe they held it on there on purpose. And maybe that's Randy's way of, hey, we're not going to write off the character. I mean, we're not going to do a feud. So that's how we're writing off this entire thing. Yeah, I wonder, because Randy coming out slowly and, and then, then not being like, it. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> well, I mean, usually if he wanted to show a guy respect, he would offer a handshake, but yeah, <laughs> no. probably not. Unless you're a writer. Case. Yeah, there you go. Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey squashes Alexa Bliss to become champion. Alexa Bliss lasted longer than Sarah McMahon, Betch Kohea, Kat Zingano, Alexis Davis, all combined. Probably throw a few more in there. Bliss repeatedly powders out, and Rousey gives Bliss the ring. It <laughs> turns around, covers her eyes. I thought this was pretty entertaining stuff, Jeff. Are you ready? 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 They they picked up way too much talking during this match to the point where Coach mentioned it during the match. And I just thought it was intentional. Off. Yeah, no. Too. I think it was I, I don't think it was. Well, either I'm not way, sure they, can, it was. they can play it off as it is because Ronda Rousey – Yeah. Beating Alexa Bliss's ass so bad that she's up on her shoulders and she goes, "You ready?" And then slams her. <laughs> We're going for hilarious. a ride, bitch! Like that's yeah, what it felt okay. like to me. You know, like okay, you can you can go that way. I didn't I didn't view that at first, but now you know what that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, I think Ronda had that big dick energy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was she was just Blue out chew? there, yeah, Blue Chew using that code Fightful, swanging it, and she's yeah. like, "Hey, yo, bitch." You ready to die? And she she killed. Uh, again, I, I guess uh, Becky's makeup person also did Rhonda's makeup. Um, Pat, Tyler tweeted. <laughs> Patty Smythe from the Warrior video. That's what I did. But go he ahead. Said, he said that uh, the bat from Monday took over Rhonda's soul. And that's why we got the paint on the face. Yeah. Uh, I love what Bliss need Rousey. And the latter was just in disbelief. It reminded me there was... Do you all know who Herschel Walker is? Oh, yeah. Yes. He did some MMA fights, and he is a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, yes. late 40s. And they put him up against really inexperienced people. But this guy head kicked him, and he looked right square at this dude named Charles Nudge, and he said, he was like, how dare you kick me? And then he <laughs> beat that dude merc- just mercilessly. Like, why would you do something like that? Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Are, are you stupid? Yeah. Are you stupid? Yeah. We saw a great judo throw from Rousey. Uh, she did like this. She made Bliss do a moonsault with her foot, which yeah, I thought was good. Really cool. A little tap, 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 roof for Bliss. Alex, we didn't get the spot that you almost would assume you would get. Right. The hanging arm. Right. Although it certainly looked that way, that the, the, the double jointed in, yes. in, in Ronda's grasp, which I thought was a good, a, a, a good visual. Um, this, this was absolutely great. The, the whole, like Alexa, basically ready to take a powder and, and getting suckered back into the ring by Rhonda. I like, I like that beat. Um, the, the, you know, like Alexa tried to do her, 
her little like, I'm going to punch you in the face because that sometimes knocks out my opponents. And Ronda being like, are you kidding me? Uh, that yeah. that was great. All all this stuff like that that spinning Samoan drop thing that she does, like the velocity she can get on that when she's doing it to somebody Alexa Bliss's size is it looks dangerous. Like it's I like mean, that's the thing about Ronda Rousey's matches. I always feel like there's a chance she might accidentally kill somebody, and um, it, it certainly makes it more compelling to watch. Um, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing where this goes because for me the danger you have now is that you have booked her so strongly. She's even tossing around big male security guards um, with judo throws and stuff that I don't believe for a second any of the women you have on either roster could possibly beat her. So now I don't know what you do with it. Like the thing is, you could have had Asuka. Asuka would have been a great option if somebody could have faced her. But the way you've booked Asuka, she she can't beat Carmella. So I, I don't I don't know where you go with this. Um, somebody SmackDown said, does a good job of refreshing people after their breaks, and Asuka's on a break right now. So. We, we 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 could we certainly could see that. But again, they're, they're, they're different brands. I don't I don't know who you put up against Ronda that where it's even believable she has a chance of beating her. Well, you've got people like Corey Graves and Booker T who follow UFC, and they do a really good job of integrating her UFC storylines into WWE. I would really play up that you never know who will be her Holly Holm. You never know who will be her bad matchup. You never know. And, I mean, my God, they're running a show in Australia. That's the same city. Same city where she got knocked out by Holly Holm. Not the same venue, but the same city. I don't know how you don't play that up her history there and um, you just never holly holm anybody who watched holly holm train or or fight knew that she treated every opponent until ronda rousey like they were ronda rousey regardless of their of their skill set she would Mm -hmm. fight like it was a practice session for rousey and i think graves and booker t would be able to convey with their knowledge that you Maybe there's a striker on the roster. Maybe that's Rousey's weakness. Maybe not compared to Alexa Bliss, but somebody else. You never know. I mean, you got all kinds of people interested in joining WWE now, too, and she seems happier than she's ever been. Also happier than they've ever been seem to be the Bellas, who for some reason celebrated with Ronda Rousey. Natalia, I get, and her coming out in the Anvil's jacket was a great touch. Great touch. But it's like, wow, I, I wish there were three women in Brooklyn right now that would make sense for Rousey to celebrate with after her title win. Yeah. Oh, let me jump in on this one. Gotta go, Jeff. Because I, I could see Vince's brain working go, let's do that NXT horsewomen thing, except with people that other people know. I, I thought it was a little disrespectful to that moment. I agree with you. I think the you know, horsewomen would have been different, but I also think Vince Vince would probably think nobody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's you know. Keep it's, in mind, it's Rousey, contra- Rousey was by Baszler's side after her loss last night. Right. Yeah. It's it's contrived. It's contrived. Oh look, they're passing the torch from one generation of women to the next. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody <laughs> was saying that what they should do to, to have somebody face. Rousey is have bring up Shayna Baszler, and I was like, while I would like to see that match, yeah, that's not the story they appear to be telling. Um, and Jessamine Duke tweeted after the Becky heel turn, heel turn, quote unquote, yeah, um, that this isn't the, the real four horsewomen would never turn on each other. 
I think they're going to try and figure out a way of making the story be that Bailey and Sasha have been on again, off again enemies. Becky and Charlotte basically hate each other. So can those four real wrestlers who have a lot of experience coexist against these four inexperienced, relatively inexperienced women who are an absolute cohesive unit? That could be the story that allows them to do their four-on-four match. I just don't know if you can get that put together by November for the Survivor Series. Um, but I think that might be the story they're trying to eventually tell. I would have. Um, I would go, depending on the status of tag team titles, right. I would go Sasha Bailey. I'd go Charlotte, Becky at Evolution. And I don't see why you couldn't do four horsewomen against four Total Divas women. Yeah. And and get them a little more comfortable to working with each other. And, I mean, they have – I mean, they've spent time around each other. For the love of God, I know that Shayna got some work in with Nikki Bella years ago. They would they would work together. But we'll see. I thought this was a great squash, much better than Ronda Rousey's Raw debut. This yeah. was, this went very, very well. Uh, but you got to get that Total Divas footage. You got to get that, that footage for, for that show because they, they want Rousey on that, I bet. Main event, WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to become Universal Champion. But before the match starts, Braun Strowman comes out and says he's going to cash in immediately after. But Jeff, I thought for sure this was becoming a triple threat match. Because what they had him say made him look like a goddamn fool. (laughs) Not only a fool, but a coward. At the same time, you know what? I'm not going to be that cowardly guy who tells you that I'm going to cash in when you're down. I'm going to cash in after the match anyway. (laughs) What? Wait a second. No, that's the same thing, Braun. (laughs) It's the same damn thing. It doesn't matter if you cash in when he's down and you're coming out or if you're standing right there watching the whole thing. Braun, I know that your money in the bank briefcase is a structured structured settlement, but I need that cash now. We need it cashed in now, and we need a triple threat match. Because as soon as that became an option, I was like, oh, shit. Let me hold on to my butt real quick, because this is going to be wild. We're going to get an all-time sirloin beef sons of bitches, God-level hoss battle in the main event of SummerSlam. And it was still fun. Loved the match. Loved the way it was built. Real short. But Alex, you're a brawn guy. Oh yeah, how'd you think the portrayal and how how that worked before the match? Um, a- after he retained so easily uh, versus Kevin so early in the night, I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. He's absolutely he should do this, and I think he will do this. He's going to come down after the introductions, but before the first bell, he's going to say, i 'I'm cashing in now. It's a triple threat, which is why they kept him fresh relatively and had him squash Kevin, and that and that's why you do that so he can have." A second match later in the night, and when he when when his music hit, as I predicted it would, I tweeted out, "I am a golden god because I can see the future." Uh, but he cuts down to the <laughs> ring, and and uh, uh, he says all the things he's supposed to, but then he's like, "I draw." He says, "I draw a distinction instead of just coming down to the ring after uh, the match as a surprise. I'm going to say ahead of time." that I'm going to cash in like a coward instead of cashing in like a coward as a I would like to profess my cowardly act ahead of time. There is a thin line between cowardice 
that is that is surprise cowardice and cowardice that is announced ahead of time. I'm over here. We've turned him into a seven foot Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's he true. He, walked, he walked up to confessional. Forgive me, Father, for I'm about to sin. No, don't do that. Um, listen. Everybody knows the history of this money in the bank brief. Okay. Right. No, the, the one I remember so so vividly um, is uh, when, when Seth Rollins got his title back by defeating Roman Reigns. And earlier in the night, Dean Ambrose had won. And he sneaks up behind Seth, Seth Rollins, hits him over the back of the head with, with, with the briefcase and cashes in one, two, three. I do draw a distinction between that and what Braun was, was saying to do, but it doesn't, it's not nearly as good as what the character would do, which is to say, I can beat both of you at the same time. Because that's what Braun's been this whole time. And I thought, okay, fine. So we're going to get this match between Brock and Roman. And then after that match, we're going to get a second championship match with Braun involved versus one of these two other guys. That's going to be awesome. But instead we didn't get that even like what the hell, what the hell that I, I did not like the way this match ended at all. Well, I did. Reigns gets three Superman punches and three spears, but gets caught in a guillotine. We saw this spot coming from a mile away. <laughs> True. Spinebusters his way out. German suplexes from Lesnar lead to a you both suck chant. And Corey Graves quote says, or says, quote, it's not about the WWE universe, end quote, which is very indicative of the booking of this entire feud yep. over the last three and a half years. Reigns goes after Lesnar, but ends up suicide diving Strowman in a really nice looking spot. Lesnar on his way out, F5 Strowman and beats him down with the case. And then Lesnar chucks the briefcase like 75 feet into the LCD boards and breaks them, which is kind of scary. A spear, Reigns wins, the era of Brock Lesnar is finally over, and dare I say, mercifully, Jeff. Really? Because I always view Brock as a big deal. I, I don't, I I don't care about I view him as a big deal without the title. Yeah, I, I'm just I you know the 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 reign of Roman being the lunch pail company guy champ. All right, whatever. I, I I kind of you know you knew it was gonna happen here. At the same time, I'm just kind of like, eh, okay, great, you know. But I always thought Brock was a big deal. I liked kind of that they table set for Brock's return, where he gives the F five to to Braun on the outside. So you know what, when he comes back, maybe. If he is if he is leaving, we don't know that yet either. He's on Raw um, tomorrow. Yeah. So um, you know, overall, it, it was time to take the belt off of him. It's been long enough, even though I kind of like the intrigue of well, if he does go and beat Daniel Cormier coming back the champ like that, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, you know, it, it's time and uh and you know, it's we can't we can't we can't hold it off any longer for Roman to not be the champ. He has to be the champ. Right. Benefit of WWE is if he becomes UFC champion, they can just put the WWE title back on him. Right, right. They had they um, have that luxury. the The reason I didn't like this was that after all this time and building up Roman to be the guy who finally slays the beast, he does it basically via distraction finish. Like 
Brock's not looking. He's involved in trying to beat down the guy who he thinks he's going to have to face after he beats Roman. Um, and, and, and Roman kind of gets a, basically gets in a sucker punch with his spear and that's it. Like it, it's very anticlimactic after all of this time, after, after having faced Brock in a real match at mania and getting the piss beaten out of him, the way he actually eventually becomes champ is like this, like it's, and this is how you think that you're going to crown this, the, the new guy, the big dog who runs the yard. It just feels like it's, I mean, listen, thank God the, the title's off of Brock. We can move on hopefully from this story and actually have a universal title that's defended every pay-per-view. And it sets up a great opportunity for, for Braun to come out tomorrow and say, I never got the shot, but I won it last night. And I challenge you, Roman, next month at Hell in a Cell, in Hell in a Cell. That'll be great. We can do all kinds of stuff, but it just this particular way felt like it was just like, oh, okay. It didn't it didn't feel like there was this real thing. If this is how you really wanted to crown your golden boy, that's really, I don't feel like how you wanted to do it. Overall, I thought this SummerSlam main card was really, really fun. It was long, didn't have to be that long. The last four matches were shorter than the Daniel Bryan-Miz match, which is kind of impressive. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Miz went 23 and a half minutes. Reigns and Lesnar went just over six. Rousey Bliss, just over four. Shortest match on the show, uh, Balor-Corbin at just over a minute and a half. Strowman and Owen squash just under two minutes. Overall, thought it was a fun show. A good weekend of wrestling between Joey Janela's loss in New York, where... You had some really, really fun stuff there. I mean, Matt Riddle lost to a 50-year-old Canadian pirate Frankenstein cop. (laughs) So, I mean, that happened. And you had just, you had Ladies Night Out on uh, Saturday. I did a bunch of interviews for that where you had Ivelisse and Kiara Hogan in a cage. I can't wait to take in that show. Uh, Check out FightfulWrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. We have a bunch of stuff there. There's some wrestling websites who won't touch our stories because you know they don't want they don't want to put our quotes out there, don't want to let people know about us. But you all can head over there. Fightfulwrestling.com. Hit that little RT on Twitter. Share the stories. Like I said, fightfulselect.com is a great place where you can get additional premium podcasts. You can find out some additional information, some different kind of content that we want to bring you guys. At 100 subscribers, Jimmy Van, the founder of Fightful.com and co-host of Listen Your Boy, said that he will sing Stephanie McMahon's theme music. I don't know how you all aren't signing up right now. <laughs> Fightfulwrestling.com. Of course, we also cover MMA, boxing. We have FightfulMMA.com and just Fightful.com where you can get all that stuff. But if you're just into wrestling, Fightfulwrestling.com has it. We have a lot of big shows coming up between... Uh, especially early October between Super Showdown and the UFC 229 show with Habib and Conor McGregor. It's going to get wild. We have uh, James Lynch joining the the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. But lots of cool stuff. If you all want to contribute and not maybe subscribe to Fightful Select, just comment on a story, generate some conversation. Just stop in, share your thoughts on a story, make your predictions, your thoughts on a live coverage. Anything like that goes a long way. Alex, what do you got going on this week? 
Uh, Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> That's what I have going on. That's the only thing I can think of is that you get five more hours of SummerSlam weekend. I get to talk all about it. A reminder, Warren Hayes will be anchoring the show Tuesday night with Alex as I'll be traveling to Canada. The List in Your Boy airs on Thursday this week instead of Wednesday. Jeff, what do you got going on? Uh, recording an episode of Shake Them Ropes right after this with a friend of Voices of Wrestling, Chris Novembrino. And then we might do a show later this week uh, just covering whatever the heck they decide to start doing on Raw and SmackDown. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13 witticisms all that other stuff i am at sean rossap we are at fightful online fightful wrestle and fightful mma leave a thumbs up subscribe we are on spotify iHeartRadio, radio everything until next time guys we're out <laughs>